Everlast. All right. It's good to be with you all tonight. Good to see you all. I'm, uh, I'm Pastor Nathan, and uh, just, I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to give this word to you uh, and to be able to minister and allow God to just speak tonight. Uh, I want to I thank Kevin Tina for the opportunity to be here with you all, uh, but I also want to give a shout out to your amazing Everlast leaders uh, for welcoming me here, and so thank you guys for your hospitality. Um, tonight is actually uh, pretty amazing to me, uh, not only because I get to be here with all of you, but my wife is also here. She's, she's next door, um, and she's working with the uh, women's ministry, so tonight's kind of special because we're, we're both getting to do ministry, you know, so it's really, really awesome. That's right, yeah, you can, you can yeah, okay, all right, all right, it's good stuff, it's good stuff. Um, you know, and then after tonight, we're, we'll probably, we'll head home, and then we'll put the kids to bed, and then we'll just crash and watch some of our favorite shows. <laughs> you know? It's like at the end of the day, it's like, I don't have energy to do anything but this. <laughs> uh-huh, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is that, like, one of our favorite shows that we love to watch is this show on PBS. Yes, PBS. You watch PBS when you get older. All right. Um, but it's this show on PBS called Antiques Roadshow. Anybody know? Oh, 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 oh. Yes. I was like, nobody's going to know that show. Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. I am so glad you know what I'm talking about. Man, I, we love that show like crazy. Um, and if, if you're not familiar with that show, what they do is that basically it's a group of specialists who travel the country and they give free appraisals of you know, old antiques or collectibles or historical items. And these items are typically just laying around in people's houses and they don't even like know why they're there, but they're just there. And so they come on this show and they bring all kinds of stuff and they bring them to these people to essentially tell them what the value of these things are. And uh, my favorite part of the show is when someone brings an item and they're, you can see it all over their face. They're kind of like, this thing has just been taking up space in my house, and before I get rid of it, I want you to tell me if it's valuable or not. And so they give it to the appraiser, they give it to the specialist, and you know, they, then they get to work and they start looking at the history of the item that's presented, they start looking at the, um, just the significance of it. And what's crazy is that many times the specialist will come back and they'll give them the item, and they'll look at them and say, I don't know if you know this, but that thing taking up space in your house is actually more valuable than you realize. This happens all the time on the show. People show up with something that they thought had no value, and they leave realizing that they had treasure in their house the entire time. You know, in the same way, singleness is like that. A season of singleness can feel like something that's just taking up space in your life, but in reality, singleness is more valuable than many people realize. And unfortunately, many times, you don't realize the value of singleness until you're out of singleness. It's really weird. I used to live my life that way where I would, I, when I was single, I, I wanted so bad to be in a relationship, so bad to find the one, 
you know, where, where you couldn't even like have a conversation with the opposite, se- opposite sex without thinking, could they be the one? <laughs> Every conversation, I'd be going to Target and she'd be like, would you, this is going to be $9.95. And I'd be like, $9.95, man. <laughs> but if it was $9.96, I mean, it would be different, right? Oh, uh, yeah. She'd be like, just go. I'd be like, okay. But I used to be so, I, I, guys, I'm telling you, this, this season, for those of you who are single, this season is more valuable than you realize. This season is not something to get rid of, but it's actually something to enjoy. It's something to invest in. It's something to look forward to. That's what singleness is. It is a unique time that most of the, a lot of times you're not going to get back. So, so why rush through something that's meant to enrich and benefit your life? So, as you saw in the, in the bumper video, you know, we're, we're kicking off a new series called Love Routes, and uh, so I'm calling tonight's study, Treasure the Solo Season. Treasure the Solo Season. Now, when, whenever you talk about, like, you know, singleness, sometimes it can be tricky because not everyone who's single wants to be in a relationship. I'm not going to say, can I get an amen, because like some of you are like, I don't know if that's me or not. <laughs> not everyone who's single wants to actually be in a relationship. You know, that's, that's, that's often a misconception. We look at someone who's single and go, you must be desperate. You must need love. No, not everyone who's single actually wants to be in a relationship. But then there's always the other side of that where, you know, it, some, many times singles want to have a relationship, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I found interesting even in my own time of being single, is that our culture has this very subtle way of connecting your relationship status to your worth. And unless you have someone on your arm when you walk through the door, you don't really mean much. And no one, no one would say that to your face, like our culture doesn't say that, but you see it in every commercial. You see it in every movie, every time, you know, uh, at the end of an action movie, the guy always gets the girl. He never just walks off into the sunset by himself like, ah, that was great. There's always a girl. Like, you know, in in rom-com movies, they, they rarely end up going like, okay, well, I'll see you later. It was nice knowing you. They always end up together. And then at the end of the night, you're kind of like, I wish I had that. Our culture has a way of subtly reminding you that or, or, or trying to connect your worth with your singleness. And then the worst part is that you have people in your life who are not so subtle about it. People who will come to you and be like, why are you still single? Every time, every time I think about going to like, you know, every holiday, every time I'd be around friends or family that I haven't seen for a long time, that would be one of the first things that would come out of their mouth. Not, hey, how you doing? How you living your life? What are you doing? It's like, hey, you got a girlfriend yet? No. What's wrong with you? What you mean what's wrong with me? Like, ain't nothing wrong with me. You trying to fight your uncle at Thanksgiving because he's <laughs> telling you you're still singing. there's something wrong with you. And that's what's crazy is that our culture and people are so brainwashed and thinking that if you're single, especially if you're older and single, there's something wrong with you. That is so not cool. I don't think that's right at all. 
That's not the way that God thinks about us, and that's not the way that we should think about ourselves. But the truth is, is that singleness is not something that we should look at as like, well, I need to get rid of this. This thing is just taking up space. But it's actually something that should be celebrated instead of looked down upon. So tonight, I want to give three reasons why we should celebrate the solo season as something to enjoy, invest in, and look forward to. So looking at this season of your life as something to enjoy, invest in, and look forward to. So the first part, first reason I want to give, the reason why we should celebrate this solo season is because you can enjoy life in the solo season. <laughs> My dad would tell me this when I, was, when I was single. He would say, get a life before a wife. Get a life before a wife. The reason he would say that is because so many single people end up waiting on life rather than living life. They end up waiting on life instead of living it. One commentator said this. They said, singles wait as if the true meaning of life can only be revealed in the form of a spouse. They can't truly live until they're paired up. Man, this is a miserable place to be. And the only reason why I can say this up here is because I've been in this place. Where, where there's literally nothing significant that can happen in your life because in your mind you're convinced that nothing is significant until you have a spouse. I've been doing ministry for a long time. And, and even in my seasons of singleness when I was doing ministry, God would use me to speak life into somebody. But somehow at the end of the day, I would stoop into this sorrow because I was single. Like no matter what God did or no matter how he was blessing my life or no matter all the things that were happening and going well, it didn't mean as much because I didn't have someone on my arm. That cheapens life. That's where people wake up and go, well, if I don't have a relationship, I must not have a lot of worth. Where is that? And over time, God had to really show me. He showed me this. He said, he told me that there's nothing wrong with desiring to be married. There's nothing wrong. That's a, that's a good thing. I mean, scripture talks about it. you desire to be married. That's great. That's a good thing. But my problem was that I had made my future spouse an idol. I had made my future spouse, I had actually, I had treasured my future spouse more than I had treasured Jesus. I would, I would wake up and my thoughts would be filled with, man, I can't wait to get married. A lot of times we know what you mean when you say that, but we will skip over that part tonight. <clears throat> anyway, but we think, well, man, I can't, I can't wait to get, I mean, I just, I just want to be married. I just can't wait to watch that rom-com and cuddle with that girl on my arm. I mean, I just can't wait to finally be able to go to movies and I sit there by myself, look at other people and go, I wish I had that, you know, you know. We think that, but in reality, it's like you don't realize that what you're doing is treasuring your spouse more than Jesus because if you've got Jesus, you have all that you need. But, but, but what happens is that we get into this place, we get deceived into thinking that if, 
that life really won't happen. We actually won't find satisfaction until we're married to somebody. That is horrible, especially if you call yourself a Christian. Because at the end of the day, human beings are not created to be satisfied by human beings. You and I are created to be satisfied by God alone. This means that even if you get married, those of you who are married in the room, you know this. Even if you get married, you know your spouse cannot satisfy you. They cannot be your all in all. And you can't put them in a position to be that because they will fail you every time. Only God can satisfy the human soul. One commentator said this. They said this season, this solo season, is the season that God wants to show you that he is the missing piece of your life. This season is the time when God wants to show you, I got you. I am everything that you're going to need. But if we keep trying to fill that, that spot with, with another relationship or another career or whatever it is, we are always going to be left feeling disappointed. I love what Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24 says. It says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. If I can be very honest, like, you know, when Jesus is not what we find satisfaction in, and when we don't find satisfaction in Jesus, it leads to a couple things. First off, when you start dating, it can lead to disaster. Because when you're not satisfied in Jesus, you're willing to overlook red flags in a relationship, lower your standards, and even compromise your purity. All because you desperately want to change your relationship status. You desperately want this thing that only God can give you. And that's true satisfaction. That's why it's so important that even in this time, it's like, man, let's press into who Jesus is to you. Seek him with everything that you have because God wants to show you, you don't need a spouse to know your worth. You don't need that girl on your arm to know that you're a man, that you have confidence, that you can do stuff. Ladies, you don't need a guy to show you that you're beautiful and, and you know, that you have worth. You don't need a spouse to show you that. We find our satisfaction in Christ alone. So that if, you know, you can go out into the world and just be uniquely you because Christ has already satisfied the longing soul. So how, how can we find satisfaction in this solo season? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 puts it like this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What this means is that our satisfaction isn't found in changing our relationship status. 
but it's found by knowing God and living for him. That is where you find satisfaction. It is in knowing God and living for him. And I love it because Jesus modeled this for us. When in John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus says this. He says, my food. And when he says my food, this is, this is after he just got done doing ministry. So he hasn't had anything to eat. But what he says is my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus is saying that the most satisfying thing that I could do in this life is not a relationship, is not another meal, but is to do the work of my Father. And it is out of that that Jesus himself, who embodies the, the human, humanity of mankind, said, I am satisfied in that. He didn't say, well, I got to do these other things. He said, I find satisfaction in simply doing the will of God. Can I tell you, man, there is something so powerful about someone who's dedicated their life to serving the Lord and allowing God to work through them. It produces a satisfaction that is unique because you're close to the Lord and you're allowing him to lead your life. It's even more satisfying than all the money you could make in the world or any spouse you could have on your arm. So the key to enjoying this solo season is by finding satisfaction in Jesus and living for him. And when we're satisfied in him, it's clear that we can also invest in the solo season. This is our next point. Because the truth is, when we talk about investing in the solo season, the truth is, is that singleness, oh, get this, singleness should not be looked at as just preparation for marriage. Singleness should not be and is not just preparation for marriage but it is a unique time and opportunity for you to be laser focused on producing something special in your life in other words your singleness is the season to hustle this more than any other time in your life is the opportunity to dream big, to start the business, to be able to go places you've never been able to go before, to be able to learn from your mistakes and grow personally. This is the time to hustle, to bring new ideas to this generation. Not to wait, well, I'll just get, when I get married, then I'll, then I'll start contributing to investing in stuff and making a difference. No. <laughs> that is not the time to do that it's not to say that you can't invest in things and do things and you know all those things when when you get married but the truth of the matter is <laughs> when you get married or get into a serious relationship a lot of your time energy and focus will be given to your partner all that time and energy you could use into bettering yourself, personal development, inventing something, doing something crazy, now goes into your partner. It goes into 
developing a healthy relationship, being dedicated towards them. And these are all good things, but you have to understand that your time is no longer yours. <gasps> you see, some, I remember when I was single, I used to think, yeah, I'm going to get married. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to travel. We're going to you know, all these different things. Bro, there's a reason why they call it settling down. And a lot of singles are trying to settle down before they actually take off. And then they get bitter in their marriages because they never did nothing. They never accomplished nothing. They never went out on a limb for something. And now they're bitter at their spouse because they're locked into a relationship. It's not your spouse's fault. It's your fault. Because you believe the lie that this season, this solo season, is something to get rid of and rush past when, in fact, this is your opportunity. This is it. This is where you can be more creative than you've ever been before. You can take more risks than you ever have before. And, and again, I'm not, if, if you're married and you want to get married, that's great, but understand. This is a unique time. One commentator said this when it comes to getting married. They said, your attention goes into getting to know your partner, spending time with them, meeting their needs, building communication and conflict resolution skills, making future plans, and being emotionally available for them. So, in other words... When you decide to spend your life with someone, that's when the work begins. <laughs> that's when it really gets going. In fact, whenever you try to synchronize your life with someone else, with your spouse, it's not all fun and games either. Because what happens when you get married is that it doesn't just stop with marriage, but then, then you add on kids, Lord willing, right? And then with kids, you know, there's also a career, and, and then there's a house, and then maybe there's an unforeseen illness or an unforeseen life event or, or all of these things. And then suddenly you wake up and realize that there's a lot on my plate, and I don't even have time for myself, let alone to dream something or, or to go do something. And again, I'm not trying to say that I'm not trying to scare you into not getting married. In fact, I'm not even really worried about that because even when I was single, people would be like, yo, marriage is a lot of hard work. And they'd look at you with this like stern face of like fear and trembling. <laughs> and in my arrogance, I would say, yeah, but I'm going to be better than you at it. I, I, guys, tell, I'm telling you, I would be at like marriage conferences. I would be reading marriage books, just trying to study up on stuff. But man, you, you, don't, you don't get it. And, and I, I can be bold and say that to you because you really don't. If you've never been married, you have no idea the hard work that goes into, the time-consuming effort that goes into marriage. You want a good marriage? It takes a lot of hard work. And it takes a lot of dying to yourself. And what God had to show me was that I wanted the wedding, but I didn't want to die to myself. I wanted the cuddles at night, but I didn't want the hard work. I wanted to walk in with someone, but I didn't want to pick up my cross daily. That's, that's literally what marriage is. You want to make marriage work in the future? 
It's not about how many books that have you read. It's not about how many conferences have you, have you gone to. You want to be good at marriage in your future? Learn to pick up your cross now. Learn to pick up your cross now. Learn to deny yourself now. Because marriage only works when two people who are pointed towards Christ are willing to die to themselves for the benefit of the other person. Marriage is not 50-50. It's 100-100. 100% you die to yourself. And oh my gosh, here's the thing. It is not dying to yourself because the other person deserves it. Ooh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. I know, I'm just, I'm wrecking the whole night. I'm sorry. I'm just, you thought you were ready to get married. You're not. I'm just, I'm just telling you, this is what it is. I'm telling you what it is. Marriage is dying to yourself, not because your spouse deserves it, but because Jesus deserves it. And when you die to yourself, it is not, oh man, I hope everyone saw me die to myself for my wife. No, I hope Christ saw me. It is unto him that I die to myself, humble myself, take a back seat for my pride and personality so that my wife or my husband can benefit. Amen. That is marriage. And brother, if you ain't ready, sister, if you ain't ready to do that, then put the ring away. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Marriage is great, but it takes a lot of hard work, very time-consuming. It's a beautiful thing. But before you get there, I want to encourage you. Take advantage of this solo season. Take advantage of right now. Because this time is an opportunity for you to focus Everything, your whole being, into serving the Lord and doing what He and seeing what He wants to do with your life. That's really what this season is about. Especially for those of you who call yourself a Christian, this season of singleness is all about seeing what God is going to do with your life. That's what this season is all about. In other words, I'll say it like this. Singleness is an opportunity to tell God, here I am, Lord, send me. This is that season. Here I am, Lord, send me. Understand, for many of you, you can get on a plane tonight and be in the mission field. You could do that. You could start an outreach. You could even get involved here at Everlast. You could commit to discipling multiple people or even just getting involved in your local church. This is the season that, man, God, I want to see you move in crazy ways in my life. I want you to be like, yo, that's my dude. That's my girl right there. I want to be the one God relies on and says, I want you to do something amazing over here. I want to be that person. God, this is the season for it. I want to make myself so available to you. So that I can give my all to whatever you're asking me to do. This is the season for that. I love what Lisa Brevere posted on Instagram a little bit ago. She said, singleness is not a season of waiting. It's a season of doing. 
It is not a season of waiting. It is a season of doing. So instead of making it your mission to get married, make it your mission to give your all in serving the Lord and advancing the gospel wherever you are. Oh man, you want to talk about rewards? You want to talk about satisfaction? You want to talk about life having purpose and meaning? That's it right there. Only reason why I'm saying all this to you is because I wish that I'd listened to somebody when I was in my solo season. In fact, I don't have really any regrets in my life, but if I could identify one, it would be that I rushed through my singleness instead of treasuring my singleness. And now I look back and I'm like, man, I, I could have I traveled, I could have I did this, I could have did that, whatever it is. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm happy to be married. I, marriage is great, I'm telling you. It's, if, really, if, we, if I can come back and teach another thing on marriage, I, we will talk about that. But there's something so sweet about enjoying this time, investing in this time, and then allowing the Lord to bring your spouse. Instead of feeling like, I got to rush, I got to ask her for her number, oh, yeah, I gotta, you know, it, it, it's like, chill, chill. If you want someone who loves Jesus, if you want to marry someone, you want to find a spouse that loves Jesus and is serving Jesus, then get involved in loving and serving Jesus yourself. In fact, that's the best way to find a spouse. Just love and serve Jesus. And, and again, because I've been where you've been, <laughs> sometimes you really have to watch that motivation. Because sometimes even when you come to church at night and you like, you stacking chairs, and you know, and you get ready to do service, and you like, girl, look at these chairs I be stacking. Mm. You see this girl? Yeah, that's right. Stack them chairs. Right? I remember being at Bible college and I wanted, and again, I'm, I'm being honest and transparent with you. Um, I remember I wanted so bad for, you know, for, for the ladies there to think that I was a man of God, you know. And one of the things that dudes would do at, at Bible college is that they would, you know, they'd go around and they'd pick up everyone's uh, you know, plates after like lunch or something like that. And I, I wanted to do the same because I wanted to prove and show that I am an eligible bachelor and a man of God. So I, so I did the same thing and the Lord convicted my heart. He said, are you doing that because you want to serve them or because you're trying to project something? And I was like, I, I, uh, I'll talk to you later, Lord. And the Lord busted me. And I, say, I tell you that story just so that, man, when it comes to serving the Lord and loving him, don't make the spouse the motivation. Because then you're being religious and it's cheap and you're selling yourself short. Serve and love the Lord because you just, God, I just want to dedicate time to just seeking you. And that might, for some of you, be a season of singleness where you're like, I'm saying no to dating for a while. There's nothing wrong with that. I love the scripture that says that those I'm going to butcher it, but those who seek the Lord, he meets them where they're at. Like, that's a promise in Scripture that those who go, I'm going to seek the Lord, Scripture tells us that God will meet that person. So even if you're like, all right, I'm going to take a season of singleness, all right, you know, this is going to be crazy, whatever it is, 
God's looking at you like, all right, you ready? Let's go. I've got some things to show you. Because this is the season for it. So this solo season is, un- is a unique opportunity to invest your life in serving the Lord with everything that you are. Everything that you have. And when you see this season as something to invest in, then you can look forward to the solo season. You know, sometimes, in, I know even for myself, in my own solo season, you know, when I would talk to married couples, you know, and I would tell them, man, you know, I'm looking for a spouse and you know, stuff like that. They would always kind of come up with this line that would make me furious. And they'd say things like, oh, don't worry, you'll find love someday. And I know that, like, where that comes from is a good place, but sometimes it makes you want to punch them. Because essentially what they're doing is they're kind of pitying you, and they're like, poor baby, you don't have a spouse yet. Hang in there, okay? And you'll get there. And you're like, that's not what I'm trying to communicate to you. And people, a lot of times in our culture, see us as, you know, or, or see you in, in, when you're in a season of singleness as, as well, you know, you, you don't have much to look forward to, but the, but the one thing you can look forward to is one day you'll have a wedding day. That's what you can look forward to. Guys, tonight we need to understand that the purpose of singleness is so much more than looking forward to marriage. Because here's the thing. What if you don't get married? Mm. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just wrecking the whole night. I used to hate that. I used to dread that. I used to, okay, I'm, I'm going to be real. I used to be like, God, don't you let me die a virgin, Lord. Don't you let me die a virgin. <laughs> You're laughing because you have that same prayer at nighttime. That used to scare me so much. God, I don't wanna I don't wanna die alone. I don't wanna die without someone. I don't wanna I don't wanna live this life alone. I don't I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna go down that road. I don't I don't wanna do that. And what would go over in my mind is this fear that if somehow if I didn't get married, then somehow I missed something. And somehow I I ruined or messed up or just completely missed God's ultimate plan for me. If I'm not married, then I've missed God's ultimate plan for my life. I used to think that way. Like that's that's why I'm 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 it, to me tonight is such an opportunity because I I want to impart the knowledge that God has spoken to me over time and brought and the things that He's healed my heart of, so that I can. Try to impart that to some of you sitting here who are like, yeah, I want to get married, but man, it, this is such a, it's such a hard thing. So I would sit sometimes at night and think, if I don't get married, then I've ruined God's ultimate plan for my life.
I want to tell you that God's ultimate plan for you is not to bring you a spouse. God's ultimate plan, when we use those, that, that wording, God's ultimate plan, God's ultimate plan is not to bring you a spouse. God's ultimate plan is for you to spend eternity with him. That is God's ultimate plan for your life. And if he chooses to prepare you for that eternity by allowing you to be in a, in, in a season of singleness, then that's a win. Because again, God's ultimate plan for you is not marriage. If you get there, great. And God will be there and he'll move and all of that. But his ultimate plan for you is to be with you for eternity where he is. So in other words, you may not have an earthly wedding, but I promise you, you'll have a heavenly one. Matthew chapter 22, verse says, uh, chapter 22 talks about the kingdom of heaven uh, as being like a great wedding banquet. Even Paul in the scriptures compares the relationship between Christ and the church to that of a husband and a wife. And even further, in the book of Revelation, we see the wedding of the Lamb as the holy city of Jerusalem descends like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And in verses 2 through 4 of Revelation chapter 21, I'm going to read it for you, it says this. It says, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. This is God's ultimate purpose for you. Whether you are single or married or in a committed relationship, God's ultimate purpose and plan for you is for you to one day stand there and see Jesus face to face and to experience heaven in all of its glory where there's no more pain, no more crying, no more suffering, and you can have unfiltered relationship with God himself. That is God's ultimate purpose for you. And that should be our ultimate desire while here on this earth. Yeah, it's okay to desire to be married, but don't ever let that take the place of a desire to see Jesus face to face. Don't ever let that get in the way of your relationship with God. Because I'm telling you, the enemy is crafty. And he will try to deceive you. And taking your eyes off of pursuing the Lord, off of seeing heaven as your ultimate pursuit, and he'll try to put it on somebody else. And then pretty soon, you're not even pursuing heaven. You're just pursuing a future spouse. And out of the right context, out of the right order, being God first, there's a lot of pain involved. So again, let me just reiterate. 
understand that what I'm saying is that there's nothing wrong with wanting to be married. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a spouse. But just, if you leave with anything tonight, know that God has bigger plans for you than just bringing you a spouse. He wants to prepare you to be with him forever. And your singleness is a part of that preparation. So instead of seeking to, I just got to get rid of this, I just got to get through this, I just got oh, to get rid of it, oh, treasure it. Because God has so much to show you during this solo season. So just to wrap up, kind of in conclusion, don't overlook the value of this solo season. It's so much more than just a desperate search for someone to cuddle with or to, to go to movies with or whatever it is. It's so much more than that. But this is actually an opportunity for God to use you in ways that you won't, most likely won't be able to be used in, in the future. This right here in this solo season is an opportunity this right here is an opportunity to know God like never before, to be used by God like never before, to see God do things in your life that will blow your mind. This is the season. Don't wait for marriage. Live now. Let's pray.